going down in the DMs. Uh, so here we are, several months into social distancing and what I call the Corona Chronicles. Uh, suffice to say, this isn't what any of us had planned for the year. It's been uneventful at home, to be honest. Uh, but as a social scientist, I'm always interested in how people behave in different situations. Um, I have been intrigued by pandemic dating, though. Um, I mean, people are out here heavy on Quarantine Bay. Um, it does bring up an important conversation, though, some of which I alluded to in an earlier essay. Um, sex, singles, Sally Mae, and synergy. Dating looks really different in the 21st century. Um, as true as that is, it looks substantially different in the midst of a public health pandemic. Now, more than ever, people feel emboldened about sliding in the DMs, that's direct messages, right, via Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or other social media platforms. Um, after all, your crush is at home, lonely as a monk, in their PJs at 4 p.m., waiting for a little something-something to spice up their week. And their DMs are a click or a tap away. But therein lies the issue. A lot of people just aren't very good at this. Allow me to explain. There's a bit of an art and science to hitting things off in the DMs. And I don't necessarily think people are just inherently bad at getting things popping, but the truth is, this is the digital age. And a lot of our content on dating, or even communications generally, hasn't really caught up to the explosion of technology. More guidance is probably helpful, and science can help probably aid us. I have Brianna to thank for this post because we were having a conversation on a very similar topic and I enjoyed that conversation so much, I decided I should probably write about it. I suspect other people may find some useful nuggets as well. Psychologists have been studying impression management theory since the early 1980s. Impression management in general is a field of study concerned with strategies people use to influence how others perceive them. Admittedly, different social settings warrant different tactics. When you're at home with friends and family, you're probably a lot less concerned with impression management. Compare that to when you walk into an interview for a job, or even when you get pulled over by the police. These are three unique situations. An underlying principle emerges. Different settings vary in, one, the behavioral norms expected slash permitted, and two, the penalties for violating norms. Revisiting our example, when you're with friends and family, these are people who know you quite well. And even if you end up violating norms, the penalties are probably reasonably low. This is a safe space. On the other hand, when you're with the police, your impression man management strategies, showing you're responsible, level-headed, non-threatening, may be the difference between a ticket and a friendly warning. 
That's also influenced by other variables too, but I'll leave that alone for now. Similarly, when you're with your boss, you want them to think that you're an asset to the team and competent in your work, lest you be overlooked for an advancement opportunity, a referral, letter of recommendation, etc. As you would imagine, when you slide into someone's DMs, particularly someone you're interested in getting to know better, you find yourself in a highly evaluative context for many reasons. The same is true for dates, virtual or otherwise, particularly with strangers or people you do not know well. While that might sound judgmental, that doesn't necessarily need to be the case. In fact, it's fundamental human nature and good practice to make evaluations of strangers or those we do not know well when we're approached by them. For instance, if I receive an unsolicited message from someone I don't know, man or woman, on social media, I have to naturally progress through a litany of questions. Is this person safe to engage with? Can I trust them with sensitive information? Do we share any common affiliations? I.e., maybe we go to the same church, you know, the same city, you know, we live in the same city, uh, we attend the same school, etc. Even in person, on dates, I have to do the exact same thing. Is this a safe place to be myself? Is this person open-minded? Am I going to enjoy this date, or will I count the minutes before I can safely say I need to run? Valuations are a natural part of the process, but here's the kicker with evaluations. And here's how it ties into sliding in the DMs. Evaluations are inherently difficult and regularly subject to inaccuracy. And yet we have to make these evaluations anyway. Think about it. We send in a resume for a job so the employer has more information to evaluate us. We come in for a job interview to provide still more information so they can evaluate us. Importantly, this isn't a one-way street, although it can feel that way sometimes. When I was applying to PhD programs, my current program flew me out, all expenses paid, and put me in a hotel so I could visit the school even though I had already been admitted. Even though they already made their decision about me, they wanted me to be able to evaluate them because that's part of the process. And it worked. I accepted the offer. This notion of evaluations and getting to know people better leads us to our first of three points. Understand proximity, what it means and how it affects the conversation. So that's point number one. Now, when we slide in the DMs, we're almost always reaching out to someone that we don't know particularly well. I mean, after all, there are probably better ways of getting in contact for people you do know well. It may differ for you, but people in my DMs usually fall into one of four categories. Category number one, people I've never met, but they're good friends with my good friends. Category number two, people I've never met, and they're not good friends with any of my good friends. Category number three, People I've met and know reasonably well, but we've never exchanged numbers. Fair enough. Category number four. People I've met, 
and do not know very well, and we haven't exchanged numbers. No, none of my good friends hit me up via DMs. From what I can tell, when you slide in the DMs, there's usually unfamiliarity on both sides. You usually don't know them super well, and they usually don't know you super well. So based on what we know about impression management theory, we should keep a few things in mind. To start, first impressions are lasting impressions. You have to come correct. That's not a suggestion. That is an expectation. Let me be clear on what that means. While a witty pickup line is awesome, and go for it if you have one, what I mean practically is don't be boring. It's crazy. A lot of girls think they get dinged in the DMs because of what they look like. I'm not here to tell you that doesn't matter. Although I'll also mention there are many other variables at work too. Admittedly though, I know a lot of absolutely gorgeous women that I don't particularly enjoy talking to via text, in person, or otherwise. It's just a drag, to be honest. And I'm sure many women have similar experiences. Remember, in the DMs, this is someone you don't know particularly well. And early impressions matter. So the conversation needs to look inviting or appealing if you expect them to play ping pong with you and do this back and forth. For me, as a courtesy, I'll always respond to the first message. Not all men feel that way. But usually, by the second message, I have a sense of whether or not I want to have a conversation with that person. I'll still engage to be courteous, but I've usually made my impression already. It doesn't take long, folks. A few practicals if you're the type that likes those kind of things. Number one, I don't know a ton, um, I don't know a ton about this person, and it's hard to know up front which way the conversation will progress. You can counter that by trying to share a bit more information or eliciting more information up front. Now, what this will allow for you to do is get them talking about something you said that they found interesting, or you might focus in more on something that they said that you found interesting. Those conversations tend to flow much more naturally. Another practical. There are occasions when you don't know much about the person, but you know two or three key things that are important. Instead of, hey, how are you? You could say, hey, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I remember you posting about starting your own catering business. How's that been? It's much, much easier to initiate a conversation or even anchor a conversation around something that you already know to be of some importance. Again, if you don't make it past message one or two, it's not looking good. Try and leverage information you have. Truthfully, everything public on social media is up for grabs. If they didn't want to share their information, they wouldn't be on social media, or they, wouldn't make their pro they would make their profile private. Use this with caution. I do not recommend going through and liking super old posts or pictures, but it is flattering to both men and women 
when there's a reasonable prospect, one, taking a respectful, and two, a modest level of interest in their life. Now, as a disclaimer, it's a riskier strategy. But when done well, you'll always be off to a good start. Try it out once or twice. See how it works for you. Another practical. People enjoy feeling happy. Lots of psychology on that. Use that to your advantage. Cracking a joke or two is definitely a good thing. You wouldn't want to be with someone you can't laugh with, right? Although I should mention, while everyone likes humor, humor taste varies from person to person. So start with safe humor. Build people up. People love feeling good about themselves. And admittedly, not everyone does all the time, myself included. I wouldn't recommend starting a conversation with, hey, beautiful, or hey, handsome, but affirming people in other ways early on is definitely a good idea. So we'll move to point number two using impression management theory. Point two, practice how you can be yourself given the medium you're communicating through. There's something else we should keep in mind based on impression management theory. I'll return to my example about work. There's a reason why after sending in a resume, you get a phone interview. And after a phone interview, if you're lucky, you get an in-person interview. Have you ever thought about why that is? Again, impression management theory can help us. Our ability to make impressions by and large depends on the medium. The medium we utilize to send or receive information, in this case, the DMs, influences our ability to make accurate and timely evaluations. So here I'll add to my comment on proximity with a second piece of advice. You need to be yourself, but you may need to exaggerate that ever so slightly. Let's talk about being yourself, because that's easy. For being yourself, it's pretty straightforward. You don't want to be in a relationship with someone you can't be yourself with. That'd be miserable for both of you. But there's a wrinkle in this because we're talking about being yourself via message. That's like having an interview in person versus having an interview via email. How on earth do you sell yourself via a message? Well, you have to exaggerate, but ever so slightly. Admittedly, exaggeration is a word that usually has a negative underlying connotation associated with it. But when we're talking about written communication, exaggeration may not be as much of an issue. Here's why. A huge part of communication is sociolinguistic cues. Emphasis added, right? Facial expressions, body language, words per second, volume, tone of voice and inflection. Honestly, you lose a lot of information when you convert to written communication, particularly with someone you don't know well. So honestly, you need to exaggerate, but just a little bit. You have to show you're interested. You have to show you're engaged. You have to show you think a comment or remark is funny. You have to show you connected with a particular point they made. You have to be over the top, but only a little bit. Hopefully that makes sense. It's part of the connection. It's so important. 
Two things in particular can help you, I think. One, emojis, highly underrated. And two, exclamation marks. They're both your friend. But again, you're exaggerating, but only a little bit. If you're trying to form a connection, or if you want to feel a connection, then you have to create a connection. This is, excuse me, this particular medium calls for you to exaggerate, but only a little bit. I don't think that's necessary in person per se, but when you're sliding in the DMs with someone you don't know, I definitely think it's important. I think I've uh, sufficiently demonstrated this point, so maybe I'll move on to the final uh, uh, point using impression management theory. Point number three, you have to be conversant. If you're going to be in the DMs with someone you don't know well, you have to be conversant. And as obvious as, the, as that is, that doesn't make it any less important. As much as it stinks to hear, there are people that aren't great to converse with, in person or otherwise. And I think that may be especially true via message for many of the reasons we've been discussing already. The good news is this is entirely learnable. I don't care how extroverted you are. I don't care how introverted you are. None of that matters. All of this is learnable. You got to be a conversational. Excuse me. You got to be conversational. Now, being conversant is twofold. One, producing good conversations, and two, generating conversation that will be evaluated more positively. Now, producing good conversation just requires a level of thoughtfulness. Now, keep in mind, your conversation with this person is entirely discretionary. He is not your husband, and she is not your wife. You're not entitled to their time, period. So it's probably in your best interest to create a conversation that they want to engage in, even though there are other things they could be doing. And being attractive, man or woman, only goes so far in this arena. And ironically, we have the least control over that, and it's the thing that we seem to fixate on the most. Be a conversationalist. No one word replies. No one sentence responses. Have an actual conversation. Acknowledge what they said. Share some follow-up questions. Self-disclose about your own life, right? Because you want them to get to know you better too. This isn't a one-way street. It's never a bad thing for people to want to have a conversation with you. So send messages that make people want to do that. This is where people get tripped up. I'll use myself as an example. Sometimes uh, people give me a hard time for not responding, but that's because I pride myself on being a good conversationalist. And that takes cognitive resources. Listen, I said having a good conversation takes cognitive resources. Would you rather I send you a lame one-word reply I want to have a conversation with you. But in order to do that, I have to produce intelligible, thoughtful, and coherent responses. Otherwise, this message thread isn't going to work. But doing that, and doing that well, produces a much more fruitful conversation. My hope would be that women say, wow, I like talking to him. 
And if I'm fortunate or lucky, they may say, I really like talking to him. Now hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying to be calculated and disingenuous with the message you send. What I am saying is, if you're trying to have a fruitful conversation with someone that you're not in person with, that requires a thoughtful and intentional design to your message. And every message you send may not be conducive to that. And that's facts. It's the difference between getting a response and getting left on red. So slow down and give your message some thought. In addition to producing good conversation, I mentioned producing conversation that will be evaluated more positively. And this is easy. Can I ask a favor? Can we just literally take 15 seconds and proofread something before sending it? Please. Aside from it just being painful to read otherwise, you already lose out on so much information before, uh, because you're connecting virtually, specifically via written communication. Now, the last thing you want is for a conversation to be derailed because you didn't clearly specify or articulate your question or your point, or you left out like seven words, or you used the wrong verb tense, or you, you have a block paragraph of text with zero punctuation marks, right? Remember, the conversation is discretionary. But there are things you have more influence over, and people are a lot more likely to respond to something they understand, and they're more likely to engage with you when your message doesn't make their head hurt. Try and avoid typos. Construct coherent sentences. If it's a longer message, break it up into different paragraphs so nothing is lost and they can respond to everything you included. And we could definitely add several more points those are three major observations we can make based on impression management theory. And they're all actionable, like immediately. That was by design. In getting to know people, there are so many things you don't have control over. Ironically, we get fixated on a lot of those things. I wrote this to highlight some of the things we do have influence over, and in the aggregate, they matter a lot. I'll share a few more points based on anecdotal experience, and psychology research, too, supports many of my below points as well. Um, this is running long, so I'll try and make these quick. Um, the first, right? Being really formal can make people feel uncomfortable. Think about it. You behave differently at work than you do at home. You behave differently at the beach than you do at a funeral. Nobody wants to be getting to know somebody on a date or otherwise, and they feel like they're on a job interview. It's supposed to be lighthearted and entertaining and fun. So loosen up. I know lots of people have profile pictures promoting various causes that are important to them right now. Uh, but remember, part of our evaluations with strangers is whether or not they're safe. In other words, we need to have some idea of who we're talking to. No cat photos, no pictures of sunsets, no cartoon characters. Try an actual picture of yourself. If you have reservations about that, admittedly, I don't know if I'd recommend you sliding into anyone's DMs. It's a little more threatening because it's not clear who you are. 
Nobody wants to talk to a robot. High key, I read people's uh, Facebook responses sometimes and I feel like people act like they're, they're spam bots or something. Show some personality, like stop the monotony. Remember, you have to exaggerate, but just a little bit. Turn it on and have some fun. You may notice if you do this and do this well with someone you're connecting with, it takes time <laughs> and cognitive resources. Um, at some point you'll probably say, that's a really great question, but it's too much to text. Or have a lot to say about what you just shared, but it would take forever to write. I think that's the entire point. I'm not here to tell you the DMs is a great place to build friendships or connections. Personally, I don't even think that's true. I think it's a place to start. Now, where you go from there is up to you. Hopping on the phone, grabbing coffee, those are all great options, assuming you've been enjoying connecting with them thus far. But if you do this and do this well, you are going to feel some tension. Is there a better way to do this? I think the answer is a resounding yes, when and if things get to that point. But feeling that tension, I think, is normal. You can't force this. Remember, the DMs are just as much for you as it is for them. So if things are falling flat, that's okay. Could be you guys would hit it off more in person. It could mean you guys just stay friends or acquaintances. Or it could mean they may not make as good of a friend as you initially thought. Lots of things, right? Remember, other people's evaluations of something need not determine your impressions. There are lots of restaurants and foods other people like, and I don't particularly enjoy them. And the opposite is periodically true as well. There might be a girl or guy that you think there are lots of people who rave about them, but if you're not feeling it, then you're not feeling it. You don't have to make it deep. This isn't a recipe. It's not a formula. Like I said, there are many things you don't have control over. What we're discussing are the things that you do have more influence over and how you can better utilize those things to make um, deep and meaningful connections with people. <laughs> Last and final thought. Some people are just better, easier to connect with in person. And if that's kind of your situation, don't take it personally. That's all for now. More random thoughts.